Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 65. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. It is a auspicious day here at the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Field School. We have reached halfway day. And this is the day in the semester where we're halfway through the course. So Wednesday, midweek, week five of a nine-week course, four and a half weeks down, four and a half weeks to go. So we've spent the morning of halfway day working on our two-hour quickie bows, um, uh, both both <laughs> making successful hours into it, <laughs> making successful bows, making some kindling. Yep, it was worth it. Um, but yeah, so join today in the guide shack. We're doing this over our lunch break. So we've got uh, Anthony, Glenn, Jeremy, Christopher, and myself. How are we doing, boys? Yay! Anybody not doing good? Good as a sick man can do. Good as a sick man can do. Yeah, that do. illness uh, Tim and I mentioned a few podcasts ago, it's still moving moving through camp. It's worked its way through, I think, everybody Little here. Little disease vectors. Not me. No, not Anthony. No. Nope. Nope. Just about everybody. So so Anthony has I'm something to look forward to. I'm drinking my airborne with vitamin C and taking my elderberry syrup pills. There you go. Um, <laughs> if you really want to get sick. Don't kiss me, Glenn. (laughs) I will not kiss you for a dollar. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to talk about what we've accomplished so far. We're going to talk about what we have left to do. And we're going to talk a little bit later towards the end of the the podcast about plans for the future. That we're thinking maybe spring 2020, we're going to mix things up uh, dramatically. So, so. You guys, uh, four and a half weeks in, at the beginning of the course, I always tell everybody, you know, in some ways, this nine weeks is going to feel like you've been here for a thousand years. And in other ways, it'll go by in the blink of an eye, right? So there's certain, you know, we definitely started off with cooler weather. This course, uh, you know, lots of snow and rain and cold and um, now the weather is is moderating and it's a lot nicer and, and the bugs are out and... Um, but, you know, you guys are really into the rhythms and kind of routines of, of camp life or, or as we sometimes call it, the woods life. Um, and just curious, any reflections you guys have on that kind of at this juncture, you know? You said we would feel like we've been here for a thousand years. I'm sure I smell like I've been here for a thousand <laughs> years. But <laughs> it's gone by pretty quickly. I feel like the skills are building fairly decently. Yeah. Kind of really looking forward to 
getting out of camp for a little bit. Yeah, and Glenn, you have an interesting accent. Are you from from Southern Maine originally? Oh, very far south. It's like <laughs> if you dig down in Southern Maine and then go north a little bit and then back down south, you'll kind of get to the places I've been to, I suppose. I, I read this uh, this internet news article, and there was some website where if you plug in your location. It would this little tool they had would determine the exact opposite side of the globe, right? So, and I plugged it in for here, and it's like in the ocean to the west of Australia. Oh wow! So if you dug a hole, you'd get almost to the other side of the world, and then the last shovelful, the hole would fill with water, and you get kind of thrown up in the air in a big spout of water. Yeah, and eaten by sharks off the coast of Western Australia. Mostly. Right. So we'd get <laughs> yeah. well, we those sharks would end up getting sucked into the hole Something and end up in our pond. Well, that's the idea is that we want to stock the pond with sharks. Oh, so, yeah. oh bull sharks! Yeah, just wait yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I'll see if we can get some legs. Uh, this brook has got nothing on a bull shark. <laughs> yeah. Like, where, find me another pond in northern Maine where you can fish for bull sharks, I'm sure. Definitely something bull something in that pond at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, any, so I didn't... I totally dodged that question. Yeah, from Australia, <laughs> originally. <laughs> I uh, spent, spent like five years in Canada, bit in Alberta, bit in British Columbia, so I'll sound weirder yeah. than, than I should, but... Yeah, no, it's good. So I, I think I've told you, but I don't know if the listeners have ever heard my thing, that I, someday I'm going to go to Australia and tell everybody that I'm from up over. <laughs> I, think okay. getting, I think you're getting some insight into how that's going to go over when you try it. Oh, you'll be the pot talk of the town. Oh, yeah. I'm from up over there. I'm, I'm from up over. You know, yeah. we, we drink our silver bullets up here. And, you know, go down the old Pinkham Road. Oh, yeah, well, we'll tell oh, them all Christ about life yep, up on know. the Pinkham Road. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know they think their spiders are scary, but they've never woken up in the middle of the woods you know, on a skitter with no memory of how you got there. When John Denver wrote his famous song, Country Roads, originally it was Take Me Home, Pinkham Road. I, and then they focus grouped it and changed it at the last yeah, minute to yeah, Country Roads. Yeah, so, that checks out. Yeah. So anyway. Someone knew where it was. <laughs> So, projects that we have successfully completed on this course so far. You guys are a canoe paddle in, a couple of shelters in, uh, bow drill fires, what we've made, burn bowls, spoons. What haven't we made? I guess we haven't made knives yet, but that's no. the only big... Or baskets. Baskets. Those yep. are our big big, big items that we have left We're to do. all working on our hammocks, slowly but surely. A little bit and of kind of the way we design the course is... Uh, a lot of time in camp in the beginning, and the the second half of the course, a lot more time out on the trail on the rivers of northern Maine. So we have that to look forward to as the fishing will get really hot. Yes. Uh, so we're excited about about all of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we've been. The, the plants are really popping around here now. The fiddleheads right at the field school are just breaking ground, and those are the young uh, ostrich ferns. Um, and they're growing down alongside the river, along with the stinging nettle, which is coming up. And those two things often grow right in the same location. And they're both a couple of great spring edibles. Yep. Uh, we had a neat... I've been looking uh, for morel mushrooms for years around here. Never seen them. And then I think it was Anthony who was mm -hmm. like, hey, you have morels growing in that old garden space. So, you know, that old trope about you go looking the world over for something and then you find out it was growing right at home anyway you know whether it's love or morel mushrooms or or love is what if love is and there a moral of that story <laughs> ah the moral is that love and morels are the same thing ah 
the morale. The morale is the morale. morale. Oh yeah, I don't like this. Not joke morale. Anymore. I'm morale. over it. Let's move on. This is getting oh. really bad. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're awful. Uh, anyway, I just want to say that I did not choose the woods life. It chose me. But there you go. <laughs> I. All right. So uh, yeah, Jeremy and Anthony, what do you about you guys for we? Glenn kind of answered the question of it feeling a thousand years. What are you guys taking away from what we've done so far? I'll let Anthony go first. Oh, uh, I needed because that gives to get me a answer. second. It's like, yeah. So, what was the question? <laughs> so the question was, um, Two yeah, trains leave Chicago. So at the beginning of the course, we talked about you know sometimes it would feel like you'd been here a thousand years, and sometimes it would feel like it'd been half a second. What do you guys think about that as far as like the projects and stuff go? Is there stuff you're slogging through or is there... So I had a nightmare last night for the first time here. My nightmare <laughs> was that I was back at work. So, uh, you know, we're getting halfway through here and, and already I'm getting the uh, return to reality... Um, jitters? You know, jitters, yeah. yeah. I mean, evidently, I, you know, it's the first time I've been here that I had that. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm back at work. Um, well, I don't know but, if you guys know this, but when you guys leave, there's a two-week two-week re- required, like, reintroduction process that you guys have to go through. You go to, you're going to go to a camp, basically, yeah. and talk to a psychologist every day. Yeah, every, That's like, what they did three for times me a day. getting out of the military. It was like, hey, guess what? You got two weeks. We're going to reprogram you. No, it doesn't work. That's our plan. Yeah. So, um, projects, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of projects going on all at the same time. I continue to work on my burn bowl slowly yep. but surely. Um, you know, throw some coals in that in the morning, and uh, you know, when I'm ready to come up here, then I dump them out and kind of scrape my bowl a bit, and then try again at night because um, we usually don't have a fire during the day. And um, then uh, we're working on our bows, so that's still going, and I've got a lot of wood to keep taking off of mine because it's a pretty big piece of cherry wood. Um, and then uh, working slowly on the uh, the hammocks. Um, which seems like it'll never end, and uh, I'm kind of behind on that. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of projects going on. I think all at once. Yep. So, bad by design. I mean, yeah. Idle hands are the devil's plaything. If we didn't give you guys enough to do, you'd probably get into some shenanigans, and you know, and we want to be. Oh, we got plenty of shenanigans <laughs> off here. Yeah. Yes. But I think that's also the reality of like, living this way. You know, you're mm-hmm. never not doing something. There's right. always, always something a net that needs to be repaired or an axe handle that needs to be made. Yeah, I might actually have to make an axe handle. Yeah. Soon. I got a split after trying to teach the wife how to swing the axe. I noticed it was a split starting it. Are you blaming your wife? No, I'm not blaming the wife. It oh. might have actually been me when I was, you know, splitting some wood. I might have whacked it off of the wood anchor that i was using yeah. and just yeah so it, but it's a good interesting point to make that you know when you're kind of living without infrastructure when you're living you know the kind of the woods life that it uh it's a never-ending series of tasks and i think it's over romanticized in the popular culture like i'll go live in the woods and the you imagine just sort of sitting around all day like listening to the birds sing and you're like well i gotta cut some wood i gotta get drag haul some water i gotta finish this project i gotta harvest that i gotta do that do this and i remember the first semester uh here at the field school we actually came up here in the spring for the first time um you know bought the land the the winter before and came up here uh it used to be a was it a 10 or 12 week semester then it used to be longer we've shortened it because without infrastructure it's just harder to 
stay focused for that length of time. But I remember like, you know, showing up, there's nothing here. I remember building the shelter like the first day, there's still knee deep snow. And I remember like, mm. just, you know, if I can just finish this product, this project, life will be a little easier. Life will be a little bit better. And it was like three weeks into it where I'm like, I haven't taken a breath. Right. And, yeah. and you sort of realize what, you know, the people who in the pioneer days where, you know, they get dropped off somewhere and they didn't, you know, there wasn't a town nearby to go to. Like you could literally work yourself to death just by trying to make your life a little bit better. So it's, you know, that sort of never ending series of tasks. And I think you have to take, you have to physically and and mentally like make the time and take the time to take a break from now and then. And we do that by, hey, it's the weekend, like put stuff down, like step away from the hand tools, step away from the shave horse, Um, you know, or, you know, mix up the, the actual instruction like yesterday, we decided to do the to hike the perimeter of the property, clear some trees from the trails, things like that. Go on plant walks. So, yeah. you know, from 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 this side of the table, from like the instructor's perspective, that's something that we try to manage. Is that that sort of never end being you know the never ending list list of things to to do to work on to accomplish. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was kind of a long-winded bit do you have any reflections jeremy i have tons and tons of reflections about this so far i mean four and a half weeks in is no joke when it comes down to the entire it's just huge it's it's one of those awesome tasks that you jump into and you're like oh this is gonna be so easy and it's not a lot of people fail to realize that it's you're not living to work you're working to live you're you're actually living out here, not just another mindless mouth breather. You're actually putting in the effort to make yourself survive the elements and stuff. And it's like, I enjoy it. It, yeah. it helps me wake up in the morning and it's like, all right, I'm going to cut some wood today. I'm going to take care of this stuff. I'm going to take care of that. My projects, just checking them off one at a time. I couldn't ask a question about something. I pulled up a quick video, fixed it, did what I had to do. I looked at the pack frame and I'm like, oh, I can reverse engineer that. Simple string and three sticks, no problem. I'll probably do that later on. And the only problem I'm still having is with the bow drill. That's, I'm losing my mind. I've tried and tried and tried and it's just not working. So the gods on Mount Olympus are making you work. Yes. The fire gods up there are smoking. I will get it. I will get it. It's just one of those things. You just got to keep working at it. Yeah. I've got two new fireboards that I just made. I found a spindle from the canoe expedition that I'm going to try out, and I made another spindle. So, we'll blood sacrifice to the gods on Mount Olympus. I've I've been bleeding plenty. So well, there you go. Yep. And yeah. it, it's been fun. I mean, the family came up this past weekend. They all enjoyed it. Glenn did a fire demonstration with his bow drill and had a successful fire we fed the pet it was great nice that's great so and uh dorothy hung from the grass rope that he made she was holding on to the middle of it and she was probably a good foot off the ground with no breakage so we do uh part to pass the cordage making section of the course you gotta make (laughs) 10 feet of cord and be able to hang your body weight from it so yep She's like two ways probably almost nothing compared 40 to, to so. 50 pounds at this point. <laughs> How old is Dorothy? Uh, five years old. Dorothy's a five-year-old little girl, so Dorothy doesn't weigh like 600 pounds. No, no, no. Uh, Dorothy's a, a small person. Yeah, 40, 40 to 50 pounds at this point. But it's still a 50-pound yeah. piece of cord. 
Yep. Made from like eight month old semi decomposing yeah. crossreads. Yeah, and if we get like six of those together, fifty pounds, so that'd be three hundred pounds. We could maybe use that to haul in one of the bull sharks that'll be in the pond ah. after I dig my hole. Nice. <laughs> oh wait. I think I think you're digging a hole with the joke, Tim. Yeah. yeah. I do that a lot. I'm good at that. <laughs> anyway. Been a lot of fun though. Yeah, I, it it doesn't feel like it's been forever, and it doesn't feel like it's gone by super fast. Even though sometimes you wake up and you're going, "Holy crap, we're halfway through." Other than that, I it's the woods. I I I would rather just be out here than living in a house. I'd rather be home free than you know, home. Want to punch myself in the home face? Bound. <laughs> yeah, under home arrest. Yeah. Because it does. It feels like... We can make that happen. It feels like it feels like you're arrested and you're on lockdown when you have a house. It's nice to have a smaller shelter, something a little bit easier to maintain. You don't oh, have all of yeah. the problems of, like, plumbing. We just had issues with our plumbing. So, really, house. so if you feel like you're arrested in a house, you're arrested by development rather than having arrested development? Yes. Nice. I, I, that's a well... Is that a TV show or yes, something? Yes, it is. It was a play on words, yeah. Was, yeah. Yes. yeah. The rest of development is that you're not growing anymore. Okay. But <laughs> you, you kind of feel house, stifled. Out here, out here, you have the ability to try all the things that you want to try when it comes to working with your hands, living off the land kind of stuff. You don't have a lot of major restrictions like you do with a house. And you have all these stupid zoning laws and you have to pull permits and you have to do all this stupid yeah, I can't do a mindless fire BS. In, my, in my house. No. But just take the. Uh, the only thing stopping you is down. believing. Yeah, if you believe right. it, you can yeah. do a bird off fire. Just remember, don't stop believing. If you can dream it, you can do it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's what I learned. That's Jack the Jack Mountain, Mountain Way. Yeah. If you can dream it, you can do it. Even if that dream is drilling a hole to Australia and putting bull sharks in the pond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel better about myself already. That's the goal. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I think mean, we've kind of summed up what we've done so far in the course and. Our big trip, our, we always like to end a course with a culminating experience, so we'll end it with a big canoe trip. Yeah. We never decide where we're going until right about, we're about, right about when we're about to go, because everything in the summertime here, if you're traveling on the rivers, is water level dependent. So we'll yes, you know, keep an eye on the water levels and see where we can go. And the beauty of May is that everything's flooded and you can go anywhere. But then you get into late June, and because of the logging practices where they, they cut so hard and cut so much that the forest doesn't hold as much water, so that spring runoff happens a lot quicker now. So, you know, we're sort of at the mercy of, of you know, how much rain there is as opposed to where we can, where we can go. So we're going to wait and see on that. But, you know, then we've got solos as part of the culminating experience, and it's just a really, it's a, it's a neat way to kind of wrap everything up into a nice package. I think, and, and it gives you something to look forward to that, uh, you know, kind of like a novel. You'll, you're building towards this sort of uh, epiphany. No, that's crescendo. Not right. Crescendo. That's Ooh. a that would be more of a that would be more a symphony, wouldn't it? Yeah, but as it, opposed to a novel. Is it a? That's why a do you ask me? Why, hang on. This is a trend. It's a musical a novel. Why do you yeah. ask me questions and then rip apart the answers that I give <laughs> no, you? No, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> no, the crescendo is at the top. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. That's part of the loopiness that comes out yeah. being out in the woods. Yeah, so just I, I, 
I've heard a lot of things. I don't know if anything's true anymore in my life. A crescendo is a musical term. Yes. Right? It's like yes. When, yes. when it gets really loud at the symphony before the end, right? Yes. Right? Okay, that's that's why I question you, because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm starting to wonder if I know either. Uh, what do we really know? Yeah. Do we really know anything? When you get down to it, really, what's it all about? Ooh. I know nothing, and I admit to knowing even less. Because the more you know, the more people expect out of you. Ooh. That's an interesting... Uh, mm-hmm. That's yeah. a Homer Simpson kind of thing. Yeah, that's... Like, I never watched that show. <laughs> philosophical, but I'm not... Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I don't want to dig too deep. Think about it. Yeah, don't dig too deep. Yeah, no, 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 no. When I was a kid, a, a friend of mine uh, had this... His dad had this little plaque on the wall. Uh, kind of a one-liner. And it said, a man's got to believe in something. I believe I'll have another drink. I thought it was funny. I always wanted a plaque that just said no, period. I don't want to explain it. I just want it on the wall. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, like just, yeah. Who can argue with that? No. <laughs> but yeah. So moving Period. forward, huh? What do you got? Do you guys have? Um, you know, we talked about some of the projects we haven't done yet, but um, just on like from a personal standpoint, is there anything you guys are looking forward to getting out of the next couple of weeks? Anything? Bow drill fires. Yeah. I I bow drill fires for me, hands down. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, to getting on the water some more and, yeah. and feeling like I'm competent because uh, I think I swam three times the last time we were on the water. Um, <coughs> and definitely getting to the point where I can walk into those woods, make my bow drill, drill set, and be able to do it on trail. Yeah. To me, that will be kind of the, the pinnacle of really what I came to do, and that's to be able to get really good at making fire. Just because I consider that kind of the ultimate survival skill well, it's, that everything I, else hinges on, you know, me personally. So, yeah, no, I when Glenn um, when we were working on bow drill last week, um, Glenn and I were speaking about it, and I think you know, like you say, survival skill. But to me, the like friction fire is the most human thing we teach up here. Mm. It's such an innately, yeah, it's like the most innately human thing we do, besides maybe eating. But mm. I just think that that's that's is. The, the crux of humanity and when you get that for the first time it's yeah you guys yeah. experienced it like well, it's, yeah, it's, it was a, exciting. it's a crazy but, experience but to be able to do it then in a um in a less controlled environment yeah to me is going to be like okay now i really get this i understand it mm-hmm. i can do this you know Absolutely. right now i'm i'm three fires in and i'm thinking to myself you know how much of this is beginner's luck you know um when's it going to run out am i going to be able to really reproduce this when i have to go make another set and if I do it on trail. So, yeah. yeah, for me, just getting out in the woods more and kind of putting it all together and, and feeling competent at, at polling and paddling. Yeah. Great. Well, I can promise you that we're going to be polling and paddling a lot because I just bought a new boat and that's yes. all I want to do. Tell us about your new boat. Oh, I don't know. I'm sheepish now. Um, no, so I bought a uh, West an old Virginia where the men are men and the sheep are scared. New, new to you, <laughs> new to me. Um, it's not new. It's not new. It's an old EM White eighteen uh, foot guide canoe, and I have what's it made out of? Wood and canvas, and somebody fiberglassed it at some point. But yeah, it's really pretty, and I've taken at least three paddles around the pond already today. Just any free moment I get, I put it on there. <coughs> I'm having a sordid love affair with this boat. I just think is what's happening. That's yeah. That, that every new boat owner I believe you goes called it your that. side chick. Yeah, I, I might have. I may have referred to it as that. Um, 
But now it's going to go on the air, so yes, thanks for ruining that for me, yep. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. Uh, please move on. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful boat. It E.M. Is. White, was a, they built a lot of wood canvas canoes, and eventually they were bought by Old Town, hmm. what, in the 50s or something? But we've looked at your boat, and based on the, the, the thing on it, the little placard, yeah. we figured it was made sometime in the 40s, 1940s. Yep. Oh, wow. They stopped making, so E.M. White, um, when he sold it, he sold it around 1950, right? But uh, so the I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah. What. So basically, anything that's an EM White rather than White and Company is um, just is just my understanding is essentially 1940 or earlier. So hmm. it's definitely pre World War II, and I was still floated it this morning, which is awesome. yeah. And they're awesome. beautiful boats. I have a 20 foot EM White guide canoe built by Island Falls Canoe Jerry Stelmach, who yeah. who ended up purchasing the original EM White wow. molds. Um, so you can still get these boats. They're still being made, but it's a really hmm. kind of specifically shaped canoe. And I believe if my history serves me correctly, that the 20 foot was taken, the lines were taken off the 20 foot Passamaquoddy ocean canoe, wow. but it's a very sharp entry and exit line, um, real beamy. So, you know, it's a really fast, agile boat and just gorgeous, right? Hmm. Like yeah. there's, there's few things in the world prettier than, you know, a wood canvas canoe going across water. Because it's the same, you know, the difference between a wood canvas and a birch bark canoe is the uh, wood canvas would have metal fasteners, none of which you can usually see when you're in the boat. So you can and the see birch see bark the has birch. And the birch, and it's sheathed with birch bark as opposed to canvas. So they went from birch bark to wood canvas when they ran out of birch. They made so many <laughs> birch bark canoes in this part of the world that they ran out of good birch. And somebody was like, well, what if we, what if we covered it in canvas and painted it? That'd be waterproof. And so they're still doing it. Yeah, it was really, that, your boat's almost 80 years old. Yeah. It's, May, it's maybe close. older, depending. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it is and, nuts. and there was, this morning, um, I, I said that I was cleaning it, but really I was just gently caressing this new toy that I have. And I had it. Hey, but, hey, but, come but, on, yeah, cut it up. So, know, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, but seriously, um, like, while I'm cleaning it out, um, while I was cleaning it out, like, looking at the... The ribs that are in it and thinking that like somebody by hand bent these right. and then fastened them in and that long ago and the thing, I put it on the water and it still floats. And what I was just thinking That's about amazing was, to me. was imagine if that canoe could talk and tell you all the stories of where it's been, who's been in, yeah. what's happened. Like yeah. think of if you could just look back at the history of that boat and look at it and say all these things have happened. It's been here and it's been there and this family was in it or this guy trapped in it or well, so, taught um, his grandson how to fish The amazing thing with old handcrafted stuff, yeah. right? It's got a history. Yeah. So I bought it. Soul. I bought it from Wouldn't our friend um, Don Merchant and he told me that the person who owned it before me was also a guide and also did, um, he guided specifically youth trips, which is what's I, what right. I do, which was just that that little bit. That's of, cool. That's so cool to, to have this little bit of history and to, know that I'm doing the same thing the person who had it before me did. Hmm. So I have similar thoughts about some of the axes I use, right? Because they're yeah. made in yeah. the 1940s. I'm like, oh, man, I wish you could talk and tell mm -hmm. me all the places you've been. And, I mean, if it could, it would probably be like, well, I, I spent 50 years in a closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And then this nice <laughs> man, Don, broke my, he broke my handle. Yeah. But, yeah, so the cool, you know, these things that – you know, when something's made by a craftsman, I think it's it's just a fundamentally different thing at that point because yes. someone's put their energy and like their life skill and lifeblood into it as opposed to like 
you know, being poured in a mold, a plastic yeah. mold somewhere in China. And it's just different. So I, I love the idea of craftsman made items, especially being handed down and used generations yeah. later, right? And with the boat, you know, there's parts on it where it's clearly been, like Don fixed it, but there's right. other parts where it's been repaired. And you want to sit with the person who was paddling it then and like, they want you want them to tell you the story of like they flipped that boat and mm-hmm. it broke a rib yep, and it had exact. It's so cool to just sit and think about. Yeah, because in a few generations, I could have my wood boat and there'll be a hole in it from where a bull. Sh- I had it in the pond and a bull shark bull shark yeah. attacked. It, took a it was this him. big. I almost <laughs> had it in the boat and then it bit my canoe in half. Right, <laughs> that'd be a good one. Yeah, that would be. No one else could tell that story. <laughs> Let me tell you about the old bull shark. So here's my plan. We're going to buy a set of bull shark jaws from off the web. And we're going to measure them directly. And we're going to cut a hole in your, in your canoe uh, that matches that. I think we gotta get a, we gotta have to, we're going to have to get a costume. Yeah. Or tough. at least a fin and have somebody swim around the pool. What if we it? get a okay. baby shark? <laughs> yeah let's go okay so we should here's the plan we're gonna get a baby shark we're gonna hire a professional actor to play the part of quinn from jaws to tell all of his stories as the baby shark swims around the pond farewell and adieu to you spanish ladies um well, this, this hasn't gone off the rails at all no, it but no but seriously uh yeah this is we're getting somewhere yeah so, Christopher bought a new boat, and it's nice. I'm very excited about yes. it. I'll stop now. So, <laughs> last thing to talk about is uh, thinking about mixing it up, spring of 2020. Up to this point, uh, since we've been doing two semesters a year, which is, I think, 2012 or 2013 since then, we've done two long courses a year. They've been the same course, and... We were talking uh, this uh, past weekend about just the idea of trying to... I feel like we're almost trying to serve two masters with the way that we currently run the course. And those two masters are based on our the ILOs for the course, the intended learning outcomes. What we want people to walk away from the course with. So currently, you know, it's to be, in essence, like a, f- a fully vetted bushcraft instructor and a canoe guide, right? To guide remote wilderness Hmm. expeditions and it always feels like we're rushing and trying to push and squeeze a lot of stuff in like it feels at times and you guys may corroborate this with the amount of stuff we ask of you to accomplish that it feels at times like we're trying to squeeze 20 weeks into nine with with all the academic work and the trips so we're always sitting here like well you know okay how far are we through these projects we got to get out on the trail and it just feels like we never get as much time on the trail as we would like. So yeah, like you're rushing through some of the projects. Or, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yep. Or then you go to read because you're supposed to read all this stuff. And I mean, literally in the library, and I'm falling asleep. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So just thinking about changing it up and and kind of splitting the semester into having the spring and the fall be different, where the spring is more focused around paddling guiding living on the trail and the fall is more focused on the crafting the bushcraft the primitive living skills Mm, Um, just something i'm thinking about because you know every spring when the water's high and i'm and we're in camp i'm always like oh i wish i was at the i wish i was at baker lake at the headwaters of the saint john or i wish i was out on millamagas at the headwaters of the aroostook or you know i bet the fish are really biting on the Allagash right now, so... And one of the things that I can attest to with the expedition last year was you learned so much more by actually doing it than just, oh, we're going to go pulling upstream for a couple hours. When we were out there, it's like, 
okay, well, we have to get to this point. Right. Well, sh- okay. And we're going to get there in this course, but, yeah. we, you know, we, we, we practice a little bit close to home before we have the boats loaded and, and there's no way out. Um, but, yeah, so it's just something I'm thinking about. We'll probably hash this out further in future yeah. podcasts. But... I, don't wanna, I think what we should address is that, you know, Anthony's talking about, uh, you know, falling asleep in the library. That'll still happen on both semesters. It's just that they'll be more focused on yeah one thing falling or the other. Falling asleep in the library? Uh, yes, you'll be very focused <laughs> yes. on falling asleep in the library. Um, preferably <coughs> with some warm milk and a lavender pillow. Yes, um, that'd be awesome. But no, but the, I mean, <laughs> the reason it feels like, you know, when you guys leave here, if you guys get the journeyman, that's a... A minimum level of competency, right, for a really wide range of skills, because um, we could we could teach about any of the stuff up here for a year. Well, like you know? bows, we were making bows yeah. this morning. We could make bows and archery tackle for nine weeks easy, easy. right? And we'd still scratch the surface, right? Yeah. We wouldn't maybe. So the idea is focus each semester on one thing or the other, rather than trying to trying to do get both. our fingers and everything. Trying yeah. to serve, yeah, multiple yeah. masters, you know. So if you want to become a Bonafide expedition leader, canoe guide, yeah. live on the trail, you know, fish, all those kind of more spring appropriate skills, then the spring would be more appropriate. And if you're really interested in the primitive living and the bushcraft and stuff, then maybe the fall would be more appropriate. And we haven't officially committed to doing this. It's just we're kind of thinking out loud and yeah, uh, just, it, just it makes a it lot out. of sense, though. I mean, with what we've been doing so far, it, it feels good, but there are some things that do feel rushed and instead of turning in a product and you're like, I'm happy with this, but I could still do better. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just be like, here, I am fully 100% confident that I busted my butt and that there's, you could say it looks like crap, but I know it's going to work and it looks great. Sure. See, one of the draws for me to come here actually was that we're doing both. We, yeah. we would still do yeah. both. Like, we'll still go canoeing in the fall, but we're not going to try to do several multi-week river right. trips. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, so, so the big thing for me was I wanted to be more competent in the woods because I do a lot of woodsy stuff back home, right. like hiking and camping and that sort of thing. And yet, I really like canoeing. So, for me, it was I really need to get more competent with that because that opens up an entirely different thing sure. for me. Um you know, if I can't hike for whatever reason, then maybe I can go paddle somewhere. Definitely. So, yeah. you know, for again, for me, it was just looking at both of those, and it was a really good combination of both. But it feels like it, it is. You're you're just constantly getting bombarded with more information, more information, um, yeah. more things to do, and and it is it, it is too short of a semester. But you know, how do you get more time away? Yeah, than, exactly. You know, I took a leave of absence from work, and they were good with that, but. If I went out, you know, went out much longer without an income, that would be a real issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, it's a definite challenge. Yeah. There's no easy answer, and again, it's just you know, kind of thinking about it over the last few days about, right. you know, what if we had already done three weeks on the river and we're going to do three more, and it wouldn't, you know, we're not going to go mm-hmm. live on the river for nine weeks. We'll go do a trip, come back for a week, go do a trip, come right. back, go do a trip, come back. So yeah. it would be more like that, where we wouldn't have say, well, we got to get pack baskets done and we got to make mocha toggins and we got to fix the finish Mm -hmm. this and do that and all the other you know i think but i do think it's it's a it's a it's a benefit that we uh take a big bite like almost bite off more than you can chew right right? i think that's better than than kind of hanging around and being bored but you can learn to do all your fires out on a river oh yeah yeah you could 
you there know, would still you be a lot. They would do a lot so of the I crash think, out I think, on the river too. I think we should really make it clear that we're not talking about like splitting them entirely. Right. It's just that one course will lean more one way, right, more one way, more the, the other. other. Yeah. yeah. Right. You could definitely spend a lot of time with the plants and animals when you're yeah. out in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that'd be super valuable seeing mm-hmm. all those things in multiple environments. Absolutely. Yep. And again, we will on this right. course and it would just mm-hmm. be more, it would just be more time on trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. To be honest, like, you know, we're, we're not bathing a lot around here. And I think if we were on the trail, we'd be falling into the water a lot. And we'd probably smell a lot better. I know. I didn't fall into the water a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the people that are listening, we, I mean, yeah. Tell us what you think too. That'd be interesting to hear more yeah. viewpoints about it. But uh, what we came up with for the spring semester, it would still be the spring wilderness bushcraft semester, semicolon, or would it be a full colon? Uh, I'm not giving you any more answers to questions because you just ripped them apart. Okay. But we would call it the Wilderness Canoe Expedition (laughs) Guide School. I like that. Call it whatever you want. That sounds good. Okay. Daisy. (laughs) I'm going to call it Daisy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. Yeah, this is getting a little... Uh, a little punchy. We're, we're, yeah. We usually do these in the morning first thing over coffee, and we're able to stay on topic a little better. We're circling the drain, but it's going a different direction because Glenn's here. Glenn's here, that's oh, right. When everything going, goes backwards. We're going counterclockwise instead of clockwise. Is that how it works? Yeah, the bull shock's about to appear. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to tell them that I'm from up over. Dun, dun, and then they'll dun, eat you. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you very yeah. much for listening to us prattle on and on about things for this period of time. We hope that you enjoyed this. If you found it to be useful, What's please share it with somebody. Uh, leave us a review. Um, and again, thanks for listening. We hope you guys have a great day. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.